Alright, welcome. <coughs> Teaching others also, Friday morning. It is February the 11th, 2022. And I hope you're having a good start to your day. And we're here this morning. Going to keep looking at fishing for souls. And we're on the fishing part. We looked yesterday in John 3 and 1 Peter 3. We're going to be the, both those places again. And uh, a couple passages right around 1 Peter through 1 John. Let me sum a little bit up of what's on my heart about this thing. And that is that we know that it's important to know your Bible. It's important to know the divisions in your Bible. Uh, It's important to know what's to you and what's for you. For example, if you lived right now today here in 2022 and you picked up a bible and you started reading in leviticus and the next thing you know you're trying to get over you're trying to find a way to you know sacrifice a lamb or uh, a wave offering or a meal offering or a turtle dove or whatever someone would need to and hopefully the holy spirit would warn you and say hey wait a minute read on (laughs) like a ways on get into the new testament But remember this, that there is not any way on earth that you are ever going to safely or effectively systematize the Word of God. And I I really believe with all my heart, that's the great danger for people who, of us, who study our Bible. People, and it's human nature, people want a system. The the world, and especially the, the vast majority of people in the Western world that we know, they live in some kind of, of say, city-fied, uh, settled, etc. life. There's very few people that, for example, percentage-wise, live off the land. This is going somewhere, trust me, with fishing for souls. You need to get this. There's very few people that, you know, are just living off of totally natural ways of doing things. And because of that, it, it applies and appeals even more to the human nature to have a system. The more you're around mechanical things, the more you want a system. It's just by nature. Nowadays, the more you're around technology, the more you, are, you gravitate toward a system. And the thing is, God doesn't operate on systems. And when you read your Bible through several times and then many parts of it hundreds of times when you read it through here's what you end up with god is a spirit and they that worship god must worship him in spirit and in truth you cannot systematize salvation you cannot systematize the gospel and one of the great i think stumbling blocks you could say trip ups is that People who are talking to people about the Lord and stuff, they want, they want to know that person's, quote, saved. They want to know that person's, you know, in. May I say this to you? The most important thing is that that person knows. And the only two people who know, know, in reality, are the Lord and the person. Because if you pick somebody up at any given time of their life, they may not be able to convince you that they're, you know, quote, saved. By the way, there's more to being saved than just saying I'm saved and going to heaven. 
And I'm saying this today because I'm going to talk to you about the mystical side of being a Christian, the mystical side of being born again, the mystical side of being saved. Being saved, being a Christian, believing in God is mystical. Now, that is not just tied to the New Testament. If you read the book of Psalms, the reason it is so powerful is it's got a lot of mystical. You say, what do you mean by mystical? Okay, ready? Get, get this. There are mysteries in your Bible. The Lord called them mysteries in your King James Bible. And he told uh, uh, he, uh, the Apostle Paul, sorry, he, the Apostle Paul, was telling his people and telling us that we are to be stewards of the mysteries of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, if you want to write it down. And it's required in stewards that a person, a man, a person, it's not gender specific, be found faithful. One of the mysteries, for example, is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Another mystery is the incarnation. You cannot, and if you think you have explained it, you cannot explain the virgin birth. If you think you have, you've missed the whole point of it. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. 1 Timothy 3, 16. If your Christianity doesn't have a strong mystical element to it, I feel sorry for you and I'm worried about you. Not that you're saved or not. I'm worried about, you know, how it's going to come out for you. So there are mysteries. We're to preach the mysteries. We're to be stewards of the mysteries. But we can't explain them. We're to believe the mysteries. But you can't explain them. Now, someone says, oh, my goodness, you've opened the door for the charismaniac movement. May I say this to you? I am not going to shut the door on the Holy Ghost of God and the Holy Spirit and the power of the mystical side of the Christian life because I'm scared of what somebody's got done over there that even doesn't, uh, doesn't even resemble the mystical side of the Christian life. In fact... It shows they're not listening to the Holy Spirit by the way they behave, what they teach, etc. So I'm not going to let you or anyone else, however conservative you are, take away from me what God intended us to have in the mystical side of being a child of God, of being born again. You see, you don't have to exclusively use any one term. They're used interchangeable, being saved, born again. But if you have neglected this, this side of it, it'll hinder you helping people find Christ. It'll hinder you helping fish for souls. We must not avoid the simple yet mystical way in which the Lord Jesus Christ himself and the apostles who we have in print here, John, Acts, Romans, on through. We, we don't want to ignore that and avoid it. And I think this is one of the main places that the soul winning movement, if, in quotations, got off track. They almost exclusively used the word saved, and then they decided, decided there'd be a plan of salvation. Well, there is a plan 
But I love what the old, I believe he was a Scottish preacher, 150 years ago said. He said there are <clears throat> there is one way to God, and that's Christ, but there are many ways to Christ. And the way he put it in his old English was, there are many ways to Christ, and there is, but there is one way to God, and that is Christ. There are many ways to Christ. And what happened was, because first of all, they wanted to streamline it. Secondly, they wanted to get decisions. Thirdly, they wanted to be able to visibly see and measure and count attendance and growth and all that. They came up with a system. Now, should you have an orderly mind when it comes to talking to people about the Lord and about their soul? Absolutely. I remember when I was in, in Bible training, you know, we we went personal evangelism class. We talked about the John Road and the Romans Road and all that. And the idea being the path to Christ, the path to salvation. But I am thankful that in all those years, I didn't lose touch with that mystical side. You take somebody like Oswald Chambers and some of these writers and Ruth Paxson, it's the mystical side of it. Ellie Maxwell. And you see, if you're not careful, you think it's the clarity of the presentation that matters. No, it's the touch and of the presentation. And, and it's the fact, are you letting the Holy Spirit do his work? You see, the path is a new birth. We were in 1 Peter 3 yesterday. Look at chapter 1 for a minute. Now, I pity, I pity anybody right now, I pity you, if your mind runs to some dispensational barrier about these two books we're going to look at, 1 Peter and 1 John. I pity you. By the way, <clears throat> what greater mystery than that you're in Christ? This mystery which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. What greater mystery than if any man be in Christ, and that's not gender specific, man, woman, boy, or girl, if anyone be in Christ, they are a new creature, not a new creation yet, because you still got an old body, a new creature. Old things are passed away, behold, all things are come new. You got you have a, you have a, you are not the same as you were. You're, you're a new creature because you've got some attitude called the new nature and the new birth. And you're not your old nature anymore. It's there trying to aggravate you and hold you back, but that's not who you are anymore. What could be more mystical than Romans chapter 8? We don't have time to go and read it, but we've done recently a bunch on Romans 8. So in 1 Peter chapter 1, what does he say? And by the way, it's pretty amazing that some people get so tangled up and they have a hard time reading some of these books like Hebrews and James and and first and second Peter and you know and the epistles of John when it's so obvious how much New Testament church age doctrine is in them. You can't divide up your Bible. Never divide your Bible. I'm going to say this real quick. Never divide your Bible by books. If you want to be a moderate dispensationalist, then you can look at your Bible by applications. Never, ever, ever divide your Bible by books. There is not one book out of 66 in which God didn't put something for you and honestly to you. There are some things in every single book of your Bible. Don't let the enemy steal something good for you by trying to follow something good. So 1 Peter chapter 1 and 
he says in verse 19, for example, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish, without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God. By who? By Christ. The issue is we got to get people to Christ. Our, our aim is to get them to Christ. He'll take care of the rest. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Do not try to take away someone's faith in God. Jesus said, John 14, 1, you believe in God, believe also in me. Uh, and we'll talk about this in another session. Great place to start. Someone says, I, well, I do believe in God. Okay, let's talk about what Jesus said. See, if you're not careful, you're on this, this mission for someone to say it the way you want to say it, think it the way you think it, instead of letting God plant the seed in them and birth them into the family of God. What? Seeing you have purified your souls. How? In obeying the truth through the Spirit and the unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. The sentence goes on. Ready? Being. Doesn't mean you're still in the birth canal. Being born again. In other words, you are born again. You, you weren't born again. You didn't just get saved. You are. You are saved. You are born again, etc. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Now, let me say this to you, and this may lose some of you permanently. That does not mean that a person cannot get saved unless they got hold of a verse out of a King James Bible. It doesn't. You can find way too many other illustrations of it in your Bible and in your New Testament. Paul did a whole bunch of preaching without just rattling off a bunch of words that were exact out of the Hebrew text, for example. That doesn't, you say, well, that opens the door for other virgins. No. Getting to Christ, getting saved, getting born again is about believing on Jesus Christ. And the other specifics come later. You see, if we're not careful, we are going to try to get systematized. Should you be orderly? Absolutely. Prepared? Remember? Yeah. Know some verses? Yes, 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 yes. But you cannot put God into a system and you cannot thrive as a Christian. You can't lead people to Christ by merely by system. I hope that'll be a good thing to chew on this weekend. See you Monday.